Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Richard Brennan, an Alexander Technique teacher in Galway, Ireland. Richard has been teaching for about 20 years, and he is also the director of a training course for Alexander Technique teachers in Ireland. He is also a very prolific writer. He's written numerous books uh, on the technique. He's been featured in many magazines and journals and uh, particularly relevant to uh, our, our conversation today. He has a new book on posture called Change Your Posture, Change Your Life, which is due for publication in early 2012. And we've had a, an earlier conversation about the Alexander Technique and posture in general. And in this conversation, we're going to address the topic of children's posture. Richard, welcome to the show. Okay, thanks, Robert. Richard, could you start by giving our listeners a short uh, definition or description of the Alexander Technique? Yeah, the Alexander Technique is about... Um, finding out what you do to cause numerous problems like neck problems, back problems, or even if you just want to perform something like golf or a sport or dance, if you want to perform it better, uh, the Alexander Technique can help you use your body in a, in a different way. And in a more, more effective and easier way. And that certainly relates to posture, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, children's posture is a kind of an interesting topic. We we usually, traditionally, would assume that the children, um, once they get up and moving around, you know, age four, five, and six in there, uh, we would hope that they would have good posture. They haven't been worn down by uh, the stresses of life and so on. And I think often they do. But you may have observed, I'm sure, and I think a lot of us have observed, that certainly within a few years of that, uh, you often see some pretty harmful postural sets with children. How would you How would you explain that, and what is your take on that? Okay. Um, I, I, th this is a very important topic, and I have been lobbying governments, both the UK and Ireland, to get things changing, because... Maybe maybe I was only teaching for five years and I heard this radio program. Uh, it was a headmaster that says, when our kids come into school at the age of five, they have lovely posture, they are bright-eyed, they're eager to learn, eager to please, but when they leave school at 16 or 17, their posture is atrocious, they have no life in them at all, and they don't want to learn and they don't want to please. What in the name of education are we doing to our children? And I just thought that really struck a bell. Mm -hmm. Well, the name, what they're doing in schools is they're putting children, all children at the age of five, and they're seated. I don't know what it's like in the, the Canada or the US, but the, all the school chairs in Ireland and the UK, they, they must slope backwards by at least four or five degrees. The reason they slope backwards is to make the chair stackable, but people don't realize that children are sitting on two rounded bones called the sit bones, which is part of the pelvis. Mm -hmm. When you put a rounded bone 
on a chair that slopes backwards, the whole pelvis and hip joint becomes out of commission. So the children have no chance except to bend their backs as they're working at the desk. The first thing the child does is it tips the chair onto the front two legs. Nearly all children do that. The second thing they try, they try is to put a foot underneath. Sit those, they actually sit on their foot, and that helps their posture. But both of these habits are actually, they get told off for them. So in the end of the day, they sit on these backward sloping chairs. They bend every single bone in their spine and we wonder why at the end of the day they come out completely bent yeah it it is exactly the same situation here Um, maybe even worse because here what you often get the stackability issue is key right you want to make it easier on the custodial staff of the school at, at a tremendous cost to the children but here, often, it's not just a badly designed chair from a, from the you know the child's point of view, but it is a chair desk combination that is uh, one a one size fit all uh, arrangement that um, you can't do any of that tipping that you just talked about because it's a whole unit and. Um, it it's taking kids who've been used to running around freely, moving a lot, and telling them to sit still for many hours a day, and to sit still in an extraordinarily uh, environment that that makes it difficult not to mess up your posture. I guess is the way I would describe it. And yeah, so I, I, it is it is it is the same situation here and the other factor I don't know in in Ireland whether this has uh sort of come into the news but for the last oh 5 or 10 years here there's been a lot of discussion about the effects of carrying heavy backpacks full of books uh often the backpacks will weigh you know 20 30 pounds or more and these would be, you know, first or second, third grade kids carrying them to and from schools. And uh, again, uh, that presents a real challenge to a child of that age to pull that off without uh, creating some distortions in their in their posture and coordination. I don't know whether that's the case in Ireland or not as well. Yeah, I mean, I have a picture right in front of me of a child carrying a school book, and it is distorting the spine, maybe 30 degrees, and it just sets up kids to actually have scoliosis. Um, It's actually 15,000 hours um, at school, plus uh, a load of um, hours spent uh, at their desk at home, um, which they're actually sitting in these completely contorted uh, postures. I, I mean, I feel pretty angry about it the whole thing i had a person come in a couple of hours ago uh for a lesson and she was 12 years old um she came in and she looked literally four inches shorter than me and when she went out she was actually taller than me Mm -hmm. i asked her just to write something uh, as she would at school and the contortion of her shoulders and neck was completely unbelievable and yet it Mm -hmm. felt perfectly normal to her Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's it's so ironic in uh in America anyway. We have very uh strict uh laws about workplace environment and uh, uh there's a lot of ergonomic jargon kicking around uh for workplaces. But the kind of furniture that uh, children, small children, 6 years old, uh, are are forced to put up with would not would not be allowed in a workplace i mean they, the company could be sued for for poor ergonomic design and yet we somehow think that children well you know they're resilient i guess i i don't know what the thinking is we've got to save money because we have a lot of chairs we've got to move them around a lot because it's a classroom that needs uh, a lot of adjustment and we're going to really, the design is all going to be focused on that and the health of the person using the chair is very, very far down the line. And like you, uh, I'm pretty angry about it too. I've, I have seen the kind of chairs and furniture in schools here that my, my kids have gone through. Um, and even even to the extent that uh, you'd think maybe uh, lunchtime could be a little break from that, but no, you don't even get to sit in a regular chair at a table anymore. You have a table with six bolted uh, kind of like stools attached to it, totally unmovable. Again, one size fits all. Um, it just seems as though the priorities are are completely wrong in that area. So, given all of that, Richard, what can we do about it? Well, we can chip away at the teachers. Um, I, my my son actually went to, he's 19 now, but when he was five, I came in to the classroom. This was a private school, a very small school, maybe 60 or 70 pupils in the school. And I said to the, the headmaster, uh, he was an American guy and quite open, I said, do you mind if I put a wedge-shaped cushion on Kieran's chair? And he said, well, why? Why would you want to do that? And I explained to him, and he said, this is very interesting. So he got all the teachers. We had a meeting, and then they decided to actually buy a cushion for every child in the school. And two years later, he came up to me, and he said, there is a noticeable change in the children's posture. This is even without any Alexander lesson. Mm -hmm. This is just changing the furniture. And um, I did the same for my daughter, who is now 11. I went into uh, school to give a talk on the Alexander technique. Out of a, out of a class of 24, eight-year-olds, eight of them are wearing orthotics because of posture problems at the age of eight. Mm -hmm. I asked the children how many of them were getting either headaches or neck aches at the end of the day, and half of the children put their hand up. These are eight-year-olds who are setting themselves up for poor posture. Anyway, um, just introducing the cushion and just putting the cushion on the chair, which actually levels the chair out, um, most children at the age of eight change their posture immediately when they start writing at their desk. So... Uh, on my website, I actually sell chairs and wedge-shaped cushions because it's the only thing that I think outside giving a child or an adult Alexander lesson which is actually going to improve their posture. 
but also I've noticed that if I don't actually introduce the wedge-shaped cushion, um, people keep coming back for lessons because they're sitting on these terrible chairs and all the good work that I do in the Alexander Technique gets undone because they go and sit on terrible posture, uh, terrible chairs. Now, it, the chairs aren't the be-all and end of it, but it's much easier to get lasting improvement if they're not going back to the very thing that caused the tension in the first place. Right. But I think we, and I, I, I agree with that, and I would think also, uh, just before we move on a little, uh, another fairly inexpensive um, int- uh, addition would be making uh, stools of various heights available to kids to sit on. Have you ever experimented with that? I mean, there is a certain advantage in, in sitting with your knees lower than your hips. And uh, some simple wooden stools as options, and I wouldn't want to force anyone to sit on it, uh, sit on them. But uh, that can, uh, certainly for adults, uh, that can make a huge difference. And I, I, I have to say I haven't experimented with that with children, but I would think it would for them as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, height adjustment so you can, you know, adjust the height as they grow. Uh, and the other thing is desks. I mean, I don't know about you, Robert, but when I was at school, all the school desks sloped forward. And now they're all flat, so all the kids have to bend a little bit further forward. Right. And that's the other thing that I would suggest is even just getting uh, their book that they're reading at and making it prop at an angle towards them or right. even their exercise book, if you can prop it forward in some way, uh, to, therefore they don't have to bend so far forward at their desk. So there's quite a lot you can do. So so the things that can be done in, along those lines, and also in terms of backpacks, uh, maybe thinking through whether it's such a good idea to have kids carrying extremely heavy weights around all the time, especially young children, but I think we have to also talk about another factor here, which is that uh, children uh, do pick up postural habits from those people around them, and they pick them up most uh, noticeably from the people who are around them a lot. Uh, so even before they get to school, it could be their parents or their caregivers, um, and so some of the responsibility I think we have to assign to to those people. What what kind of suggestions can you, would you make? Uh, if you see, I mean, I'm sure you've had examples of children who, the parents who called you about their children's posture that, that doesn't look good to the parent. The parent comes in with a child and you just take one look at the parent and you can pretty much see where the child got some of that from. How do you deal with that? Um, Well, I had one really interesting case because uh, I had an eight-year-old child who was walking in a very strange way. Um, She was walking with her right foot going out and her left foot going in. And it kind of makes her walk sideways. Mm -hmm. And it twisted the whole pelvis round. And the parents had gone everywhere to try and get help. And then I noticed the father was walking with his foot going out and the mother was walking pigeon-toed. So the child had caught one habit from each of the parents. Um, I do actually point it out, and I would recommend um, the children, if they're in the um, 
environment of school do get some Alexander lessons because, but also that the parents have a few themselves as well to actually stop the children, you know, imitating them. Because children, as you quite rightly said, are imitators. That's how they actually learn. So if you want to look after your children's posture, the first thing to do is actually check your own posture out to make sure you're not doing something you don't realize and the children are copying. And I, I would say, as an Alexander teacher, um, that that process of uh, asking the parent to look at themselves, it has to be done pretty delicately and diplomatically. Um, you can it, parents can be pretty easily offended if you if you uh, say the wrong thing to them. I don't know whether you've had that experience or not, but it, it's it's not it's. I mean, you make it sound nice and logical and easy, and it and it, and in some ways it is very logical, but. Uh, I think it does require a bit of diplomacy on the part of the uh, Alexander teacher to to deal with that. And, what I, yeah, what yeah. I what I do find is if the parent stays in the room mm-hmm. and sees their child transform, mm-hmm. which children usually do because the habits aren't quite very set quickly. Yes, you know, uh-huh. yeah, very quickly. Then the parents actually look at what, and I do involve the parents. Uh, you know, I maybe help the the child to release one shoulder and leave the other shoulder up and then show the parents. Quite often, the parents themselves get really interested and just have Alexander lesson. They book them for themselves. Mm-hmm. Or they say something like, do you think I could do with some of that? And I won't point out actual po- postural problems that the person has because, yes, you, you have to be diplomatic about it. But I always say, you know, would you like to, you know, try one session and maybe even give a discount for the parent? Mm-hmm. And once they've tried it once and it is an experience, as you know, uh, they usually book another two or three and that way uh, gently get them involved. It sounds like you might be a little more diplomatic than I've been at times in the past. Um, you know, it's interesting this whole business of children picking up habits, postural habits from their, from the people around them. Uh, F. F. M. Alexander, who is the guy who uh, was sort of the developer of the Alexander technique, uh, writes about this in one of his books. Uh, I can't remember which one now, but he he talks about, he's writing, he's in England, I'm guessing he's writing this in the 20s maybe, and he talks about uh, parents who hire, uh, I guess not nursemaids, but um, I don't know, whatever, nannies, I guess. They, they'll hire a nanny to watch over <laughs> their kid. And he, Alexander says, you know, most people, when they go to find a nanny for their kid, they get the cheapest one available. Mm-hmm. And and he said, and he said, uh, you know, they're not thinking about the effect that that person's movement and posture patterns are going to have on this small child, two, three, four-year-old child. It's, it's children of that age are incredibly credible mimickers of people around them. And Alexander also made a point, which I think is very interesting, that small children, not they don't just mimic people around them. They have a special facility for mimicking the worst, most bizarre patterns that they encounter. 
So if if someone if 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 a nanny is doing some really weird way, has some really strange way of walking, or or holding their head on top of their spine or whatever, uh, the child is is much more likely to imitate that. And all the economies of getting a cheap nanny go down the drain when you you balance it against you know the the harm harm done to the child. So, uh, Richard, before we come to an end, do you have any for any parent listening to this and maybe seeing what we're talking about if they visited schools, they might visit a school with their eyes with a little different way of looking at things hopefully after they they listen to this um do you have any other suggestions for a parent who who is concerned about their child's posture well i i think nearly every parent is concerned about their posture of their child um you know everyone i talk to can see the child getting more bent and more bent and more bent mm-hmm. and they kind of know it's something to do with school and bending over school desks but i don't think they they realize that they can do something about it mm-hmm. and and even just adjusting the chair with a cushion or getting a height adjuster like you suggested there are things that you can actually do and if they did get involved in the Alexander technique for their children or for themselves, I think that's the best thing they could actually possibly do because everything, even if the child ends up with terrible posture at the age of 18, there is something that can be done about it, that they shouldn't just give up mm-hmm. and everything is reversible. And that I would, I would add to that that uh, picking up on something you said earlier, small children, young children, if they can be motivated uh, to be interested in bringing about changes or learning how to change things can change extraordinarily rapidly compared to us old folks. I mean, uh, a small child can make huge changes very quickly and simply, whereas most adult students of the technique you know, it's going to be a number of lessons. There's going to be all kinds of issues to confront along the way. So if you can address the problem earlier, it's going to save everyone a lot of time and and and, and trouble. Yeah. I think Alexander once said, uh, give me a five-year-old and I can teach them my technique in five minutes. Yes, I I believe but, that. I think that is – if if you had a five-year-old who was actually interested, you could teach a, a five-year-old in five minutes everything they'd need to know. I, I mm-hmm. actually believe that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was uh, had another thought, but it's left my mind. Anything you want to add before we, we bring this to a close? No, all I can say is any any listeners, I would definitely, um, you know, check out the Alexander technique. Uh, it is a it is a wonderful it is a wonderful technique, and it can do wonders to improve your posture, no matter how old or how 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 young you are. Well, that sounds like a good place to 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 end the conversation. Uh, my my guest uh, today has been Richard Brennan, who uh, is an Alexander technique technique teacher of some 20 years uh, experience in uh, in Galway, Ireland. He is the director of an Alexander Technique training course there. He's a prolific writer uh, on the technique and he his new book coming out in early 
2012 is called Change Your Posture, Change Your Life. And if anything that we uh, have been talking about intrigues you and you want to learn more, if you live anywhere near Galway, Ireland, contact Richard. We'll put a link to his website there. And if you live anywhere else in the world, we'll put a link to a site where you can find a teacher in your area. Richard, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's my pleasure, Robert.